0: Welcome to the start of another great week here on Brit David Podcast, as Pastor Tim brings us a message from Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 37, entitled, Ready or Not, Here I Come. We Christians tend to think of the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ in ideal, happy terms. And for us, it will be a happy time indeed, but for unbelievers, it will be a day of solemn and severe judgment. And that is the thrust of the warning found at the close of Luke 17. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: Amen. You can be seated. Hope you have your Bible today. If you'll take it, turn with me to Luke chapter number 17. As we work our way passage by passage, verse by verse, through this book, we come across some incredible revelation from Jesus about Himself. Today, obviously, is no different From that. You ever as a kid play the game hide and seek? You know how it works, right? Somebody is it. Everybody else has to go find a hiding place. And after it finds his way counting from one to ten or one to a hundred or one to whatever it can count to, (laughs) he has to declare, right? It's the rule. I don't know if it's written down anywhere, but it's the rule. He's got to shout it out, ready or not, here I come. Jesus is coming. He's coming back, and there will be people that are not ready, ready or not. Here he comes. He is coming in clouds with great glory, with the shout of an archangel, with a blast of a trumpet. He returns for his people. The coming of Jesus is what we look forward to as believers. We look forward to that day because we remember that Jesus told His disciples, If I go away, I will come again and receive you to Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Where I go, you know, in the way you know. Of course, there's going to be somebody, just like Thomas, who says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. Jesus says the same thing today that he said back then. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the way to the Father. It is Jesus coming back for his people that we greatly, greatly anticipate. But today, I don't want to gloss over the story with you. What Jesus tells us about His second coming in Luke chapter number 17 is not exactly the thing that we as church members, we as believers, expect nor look forward to. What we find in this passage is primarily an emphasis on judgment. Judgment. Maybe it's even more appropriate then for us to say, ready or not, here he comes. He is coming this time not as a baby in a manger. He's coming not with humility. He's not coming in meekness. He's not coming in secret. He's coming as the King of all kings. The Lord of all lords, the God of all God, the judge of all judges. And everything is laid bare and right before him. So we study this passage today. Really, I divide it into two sections with you. The first is really the emphasis of the entire passage. And it's this. If you're following your notes, Christ's coming will be a time... Of destruction, It will be a time of great destruction. We know that the rapture of the church then leads right into the tribulation period where God throws out His judgment on sin for seven years. And we read about that tribulation judgment and we know how horrific those things are. The horror does not begin for some When the tribulation begins, the horror for some begins when they themselves are left behind. There's no doubt that there will be church members left. There's no doubt that some preachers will be left. There'll be no doubt that the Sunday that follows the rapture of the church church buildings may be more full than normal but the services will go on nonetheless it's an awful picture isn't it for us to think about it's an awful picture for some because they don't know that they know And they wonder if the Sunday after the rapture, if they'll still be sitting in the same seat that they're sitting in this morning. I want you to know. I want you to know that you know that you belong to Him. I want you to know that you know that not only do you miss out on the tribulation, but you miss out on this destructive being left behind. Look at what I mean by that, if you will. Pick up your reading with me in verse number 20. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It reminds me of this, number one, unbelievers in that day will be mistaken. Unbelievers will be mistaken, just like these Pharisees are in their day. They're mistaken when they think that the kingdom of God is a political kingdom. They're mistaken when they think that the kingdom of God was simply to get them out from under the oppression of Rome. They're mistaken when they think that they're going to fly a brand new flag. They're mistaken when they think that they're going to be citizens in a new place on the earth. They're mistaken. Can I tell you this? There are some issues. It's, it's okay if you're mistaken. You know? It's, it's okay if you mistakenly pull for the wrong team. If you're an Auburn fan, that's okay. <laughs> if you're a Clemson fan, that's a whole different story. I'm just teasing. To be mistaken about some things is non-consequential. To be mistaken about this matters for eternity. If there's an area where we have to get things right, it's about who Jesus is, it's about what Jesus has done, and it's about what I do in response to that. I have to get that right. The Pharisees are far more interested in other people thinking that they are right than them simply being right. They lived out an entire religious life mistaken. You say, Tim, how how do I know? How do I know if you're telling me the truth? Maybe, Maybe you're mistaken. Number one, how dare you? Number two, you're supposed to go to the scriptures and find out they're never wrong, they're never mistaken. There's not one error nor can there be in your Bible. God has revealed this completely to you. Think about this game of hide and seek that we talked about. Were you ever it? Did you ever have to put your hand over your eyes as you leaned your face against a tree and begin to count? Did you hide your eyes like this? (laughs) You want to get a little heads up, right? You kind of want to know where those little stragglers are headed to. This is your peak. This is your peak. You know where this is headed you know that it's coming down to judgment time. And I cannot afford to be mistaken. I'll tell you something. I can't afford to be mistaken. I can't. Not just because of me, but because of you. I get to stand here with great privilege and honor and tell you these things that the Bible says. If I am mistaken, then you're going to be in this second category for sure. You see, not only are unbelievers mistaken, we see that in these verses, but number two, unbelievers will be misguided. Misguided. For those who do say, look here or look there, you're talking to somebody and sitting them on the wild goose chase. Look what the Bible says in verse number 22. Then Jesus said to His disciples, the other He said to the Pharisees, right? Now He turns to His disciples, those who believe in Him, those who follow, those who go to church, those who are listening to the preacher preach. And He says this to them, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. They will say to you, look here or look there. Listen to this caution. Do not go after them or follow them. If they are mistaken, if you see it in the scriptures, that they are mistaken. Just don't say they, let's put it on me. If I am mistaken, if you see from the scriptures that I am mistaken, don't follow it. Don't be misguided. It's not just going to be me then that God's going to hold accountable, it's going to be you. You hold the revelation in your hand. You need to be students. Of the scriptures. You need to be students of the end times. You need to know what is it that all of this revolves around? What is it that matters the most? See, the Pharisees had a great way of getting off on tangents. And when, it, and when in verse number 22, when he says, talks about them saying, see here, see there, they were always trying to get people off the main thing. Jesus says, don't go after them. You keep the main thing. The main thing. What's the main thing? Look at verse 25. Everything about the second coming revolves around this one episode. Verse 25, he says, but first. But first, he. Who is the he? The he is the Son of Man. The he is Jesus. He must Suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. What's he talking about? He's talking about the cross. The cross is what matters. The cross is where the gospel begins. It is the cross that gives me hope. For when he died, he died for me. When he died, paying a penalty for sin, being executed for that sin... That sin was mine. That sin was yours. He's not coming just to gather together a group of people and take them to heaven. He's coming to gather His own. He's coming to claim the ones that He bought with His blood cross must remain essential, even in these discussions. Why do unbelievers find themselves in this category? Why do they find themselves as mistaken or misguided or any of these other terms that I'm going to give to you? Because they missed the cross. They missed it. They may know in order to answer a trivia question why Jesus died and how he died. But they missed the application. They missed making him their Savior. They missed making him their Lord. Don't miss out on that. You need proof? Belief drives behavior, right? It always does. Doesn't matter whether you're a believer or not. Belief drives behavior. You see it in these next verses. See, unbelievers will be mistaken. They will be misguided. But thirdly, they will be misbehaving. It's a slight term for it. But notice how Jesus describes it. Let's pick up in that verse. We'll go back and, and check out that, uh, that 24th verse a little bit later. Verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. What were the days of Noah like? The Bible says that in every man's heart was only evil continually. It was in their expression of those evil thoughts That the Bible says, Jesus said, God says, I am sorry that I have made man. And he pronounced justice on them. They came so swiftly and so severely that many of them never saw it coming. Doesn't mean that they weren't warned. We know of Noah as a builder of the boat, right? Right? He builds this great ark in the middle of a desert (laughs) where there is no body of water and there has been no rain. And yet he builds it. We only think about Noah as the builder. The Bible says Noah was a preacher. A preacher of righteousness. One who would tell about the coming flood. Preaching for 120 years. That God promised judgment on them. And they simply wouldn't listen. And their behavior showed it. For most of them, it was a day like any other day. Notice, if you will, in verse number 27, here's how Jesus describes the days of Noah they ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Jesus said that day will be just like this day. It's not his only example. Look at verse 28. Likewise, in the same way. Just like like you see that example from Noah's day, he says, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It was a day like any other day in Lot. Lot knew. Lot found himself consumed in the culture in which he lived. He had moved so far from God. He had moved so far from Abraham. He had moved towards Sodom till he finally got inside of Sodom and really, I believe, became one of their rulers, one of their councilmen we might say sodom is or a crime today is named after sodom a vile and wicked oh, a vile and wicked place when angels went to visit just before the destruction happened to warn lot Just to check it out, the Bible says that the men of Sodom tried to have their way even with those angels who appeared as very strong men. Somebody has said, if God doesn't judge America soon, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology not sure that we could ever say that God owes anybody an apology. But I think we understand what Sodom was like. It's like America. It's like America. We eat. We drink. We buy. We sell. And we indulge ourselves in any and every pleasure that we want to be about. When Lot was warned, the Bible says that he did exactly what you would expect him to do and probably what you would do. He went to warn his family. Judgment is coming, he said. God is about to destroy this place. We've got to get out. The Bible says that his sons-in-law laughed at him, thinking it was just a joke. Can I say this to you in a spirit of great gentleness? Because I know, because I've been there. Sometimes people laugh at you when you share the gospel with them because they see that your life doesn't match your words. That's Lot. That's Lot. It's only Lot and only his wife who finally decide to leave. You're going to read a verse, though, in just a minute that says, remember Lot's wife. She had such a hold on what she had that she wasn't willing to give it up. Not for the Lord, not for judgment, not for anything. That's the day that it will be like when the Lord comes back.
0: Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message from Luke chapter 17, verses 20. 37. Entitled Ready or Not, Here I Come Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord That address is churchoffice at BritDavid.org We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road Columbus, Georgia 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.